you have to then act upon that if you're around a successful person to become successful. And the cheat code is, wow, this person did it. What are they doing in their day-to-day that I could mimic or copy or deploy myself? And how can I do it my way? But you ultimately still have to put rubber to the road. You don't just get to be your wealthy, make me wealthy. What's going on, guys? Welcome back into today's show. As always, your host, Matty A, my co-host, Mr. Ryan Breed. Well, what it do, brother? How goes it? I'm just gearing up for the nine. I At your house. Yeah, it's going to be awesome. It's going to be a lot of fun. We'll be cheering on our team. And just before we move on from that, what's your prediction? It's going to be a shootout. I really want the Niners to show out. They've had two pretty lackluster games where they won by a luck of the draw. But I'm hoping for um, more of a shootout and them to have a really strong second half. Um, I want a good game. I want to cheer on. I want Patrick Mahomes to do well. I want Kelsey to do well. I just want our defense to do better. I don't want... Would I mind them blowing them out? No. Is it more fun to watch a competitive game? Totally. Absolutely. So that's what I'm looking for. We got a great show for you guys today. Some current events and world news. Some kind of historical stuff actually happening. We've got some first-time historical stuff. Damn, you're right over there. You had to drop it like it's hot. First time for Meta, which we'll talk about. Yeah. We've got a first time with Tucker Carlson, which we'll talk about. That was cool. We've got an update on the new bipartisan bill Mm -hmm. and what's there border crisis, some data coming out in terms of what the economic outlook is, rate hikes, and... Let me guess, I'm recession. Sorry, not rate hikes. Oh. Rate reductions. <laughs> Federal Jerome Powell went on 60 Minutes this week and shared a little bit more transparently of what their thoughts were and what they'd be doing. Um, got some interesting data that is coming out around debt, layoffs, the economy, and curious on how to sort through all of that, as well as Barry Sternlicht and many others that are paying very close attention to the commercial real estate market, specifically office and some of the other asset classes. We've got some insights and maybe some potential concerns to be paying attention to there and an update on the bonus depreciation that we talked about in the previous episode for any commercial real estate investors. This is a big one. So big. we got an update there. Let's kick it off with former... Fox News host Tucker Carlson interviewed the first Western journalist to ever interview President Vladimir Putin. The breaking of the war. A journalist being a journalist. And very interesting that he talked about essentially, and I haven't seen the episode yet, but he talked about, hey, I'm not here to tell you to support any of his points of view. What I am here to do is to get information out and for people to hear maybe a narrative that is maybe not portrayed by a certain administration or media that seems to be very tied to that administration, mm-hmm. just to give a little bit more context to maybe some of the things that we're seeing, as well as it ties into this new bipartisan bill. Mm-hmm. And the U.S. Senate released a draft of $118 billion bipartisan bill, which would provide $60 billion in military aid to Ukraine, $14 billion to Israel. And, oh, for border security. But we're only going to 
At least allow, we got second place. And we're only going to allow you guys to move the needle forward on some of this border security if you do X and Y with the military aid to those two causes. Yeah. Mm. How does that tie into the markets at all? Let's take a quick break and hear from today's show sponsor. Are you struggling to close deals? Cold outreach can be a slow and brutal process. And in many scenarios, it's just wasting the time of both the buyer and the seller, especially when business owners who are trying to find qualified buyers are using inaccurate and outdated data. But it doesn't have to be this way. With LinkedIn Sales Navigator, your organization can overcome these challenges by leveraging this amazing technology and platform that translates comprehensive, high-quality buyer data into real-time insights and sales. These deeper insights empower sales reps and teams to adopt the habits of top performers, which leads to much better outcomes like building bigger pipeline with real customers leading to higher win rates and conversions and of course larger deals and paydays all around we call this deep sales and linkedin has built the first deep sales platform with the next generation of linkedin sales navigator right now our millionaire mindcast family has an amazing opportunity to try linkedin sales navigator and get a 60-day free trial at linkedin.com forward slash mindcast that's linkedin.com forward slash mindcast for a 60-day free trial. Let LinkedIn Sales Navigator help you sell like a superstar today. Just go to linkedin.com forward slash Mindcast and get started. Really, it's awesome for aerospace and defense, U.S. aerospace and defense contractors. My God, Boeing, Lockheed Martin, General Dynamics, all these weapons and missile and ammo distributors, gun, that whole sector is going to obviously benefit from that as a whole. I think the issue is we are stacking quite a bit of money on that quite staggering deficit. And I've, I've heard the people that I talk about echo the same thing. And I said, that's not a big deal. It's a big deal, but it's going to be a really big deal in six to 10 years. That's when we can't really go back. And I think what the current administration is going to do is just stack shit and pass it on to the next administration so that they have a huge cross to bear in order to, to mm-hmm. do anything. Because the deficit's going to be really hard to deal with because the interest payments are very high on it right now. That'll come into line when interest payments, uh, interest rates become lower. They'll, they'll essentially, it's almost like refinancing the debt. It just happens naturally. Um, it just has to come from taxpayer dollars. Which is the unfortunate part. Right? Yeah. Because all of these politicians that I can't think of anywhere else it's going to come from. Making decisions around debt and policy that impacts current citizens and future generations so negligently. It's the same without, thing with the baby boomers to like our generation. Like everything with everybody's, oh, times were great and this and that. It's, yeah, because a lot of the stuff that we're, we're now going into debt or are shouldering more debt than was anticipated was because prior generations did not make a good decision. If we compound that forward, it's not going to fix. You don't take a, you don't see a, a fucking gas station on fire and grab a gas hose and put it out. So that's the whole point. When you see something, you do something different because the definition of insanity is essentially, is not essentially, it is repeating the same thing over and over, but respect, expecting a different result. That only works in arguing with your wife. Just kidding. But the the thing that is more, most worrying is just we're stacking all this deficit on that has to be figured out. It, everybody's here's a little known fact for many people who don't know this: when student loans get forgiven, 
they don't get forgiven. They go to our deficit. They just take the money from elsewhere. They just don't make you make a monthly. <laughs> they make you make an annual payment, and that's called your taxes are due. To me, that 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 is right there a form of communism in my. When you take when you only take it from some people, correct? Yeah, and then yeah. you put it on communism would say that everybody would bear the burden, correct? And they would bear it evenly. Honestly, communism sounds more fair. Than what this is, right? Yeah. It's almost like cronyism, but in the reverse. And what's crazy is Democrats want to raise taxes because they tell you that the corporations, the billionaires, and the millionaires aren't paying enough. But in reality, they themselves are the ones wasting millions of dollars on yeah. things that their voters, their constituents, wouldn't even actually approve. I can't tell you how many people I've talked to that are sick over some of the programs that have been released to, and we'll just say, for example, the border crisis example, where you're literally seeing New York City launches a $53 million program to hand out prepaid credit cards to families. And guess what? That is going to be on the New York taxpayer. And the thing it's that's the craziest part now is, and I think we talked about this, isn't that the liberal left Democrats that are in control in some of these really deep blue states, they're not even hiding it anymore. They're on lie under oath on TV on the record saying that, yeah, we're letting illegal people in and of course we're going to let them vote. And it's because they're just trying to get votes. But Elon Musk said it this week. He's lit Twitter on fire a few times with a couple different tweets. One was this one. Biden's strategy is very simple. Get as many illegals in the country as possible legalize them to create a majority, a one-party state, and that is they are encouraged on so much illegal, great, simple, yet effective. And this went fire, right? And all kinds of debate and discussion. And he even went to say, look, I'm not anti-immigration. I'm just against a massive number of unvetted people flooding into America, which any person should be. I don't think that's a very no, and the aggressive... No warranted unfair statement right and most people in america know that the census is based on a simple head of people which also includes whether you're legal or illegal that is a head count that is not based on status or citizenry and so that really shifts political power and money to states and congressional districts with the highest number of people yep. and ideally the highest number illegals in many of those. And California is a seen many people that are coming over illegally, getting all of the benefits and paying any of dues to get those things. So then why be taxpaying citizen as it is? If you can be I've illegal, heard, you can yeah. get loans, you can get a driver's license, you can get mortgages, you can get free health care in states like California work now you can get in-state tuition so to me it goes then why am i actually paying my taxes if i can get all this stuff for free anyways? yeah and it's because it's the that's the rules that's the law fuck the, the rules i'm there now, you go they're showing me the rules don't matter essentially right <laughs> like it's well, that you get better critical for us but not for you or for you but not for us and I'm getting fed up with it, especially when you see how many hardworking people busting their asses 
and can barely stay afloat, can barely take care of the basic needs. And there's a lot of data I'll share with you guys in a minute, but people are not living high on the horse and experiencing this abundance of opportunity and extra cash flow. It, It really is a very widening gap of the rich and the poor. Yeah, and it's always people that don't have any fucking thing to give away that want to give all the, <laughs> all the stuff. That's the funniest thing. It's like uh, I know there's a handful of people that meet the metric of they're well-to-do and they're giving and they may even be Democrats and that's all well and fine. But a lot of the people that push for the things are people that want handouts, same people that would vote for reparations, things that are just not appropriate. And it's all somebody else got something that I didn't and I'm upset about that and I don't have the means, even though I do have the means to make it. It may take me longer than it took that person, but I have the same opportunity even if no matter what situation I'm put in, that's just capitalism 101. Excuse me. And I want that, but I want it overnight and I don't want to do anything for it. And because you already have the means to do it for me, why don't you do it for me so I can be where you're at? But that's just not how it works. It it doesn't work that way. Because honestly, if it did work that way, there'd be a lot more wealthy people because mm-hmm. they're all the wealthy people that I hang out around are very giving and their friends would just become very wealthy. Generally, their friends don't become wealthy even if they hang out around them because even though they're sharing in experiences and maybe even some of their wealth, it doesn't... Guilty by association is like an attribute or a character trait that's going to show through. You have to then act upon that you're around a successful person to become successful. And the cheat code is, wow, this person did it. What are they doing in their day-to-day that I could mimic or copy or deploy myself? How can I do it my way? But you ultimately still have to put rubber to the road. You don't just get to be, you're wealthy, make me wealthy. And that honestly is like the facade that a lot of the, the far left live under is that rich people, first of all, are not nice. They're not good. That's I don't know where that came from. Narrative. Yeah. Look at donor-based investment funds. Look at, look at the biggest givers in the United States. It's going to be wealthy. A lot of them because they have to. But bottom line, they are. That people that got wealthy were given it and didn't earn it. That's the probably the biggest thing that... that's not true. No. And that's a lot of the things that people say to uh, second generation or third generation business owners, small, medium, and large. And third is really you're doing things that are not good or you're not running your business right or you're breaking the rules. And so you need to cop up or pay for that. And I don't really know very many businesses that are running their books that way. There's not businesses that are breaking the law. There are as a whole. It's not that there's a the majority of the bowl is rotten and there's only a few good eggs. It's quite the opposite. And that's what in any industry or any business or service, whether it be business to business or business to consumer, there's always going to be some sort of bad apple. Yeah. So again, it's this weird facade that people live under that once you get a lot of money, you're bad, but those same people want your money. Then they won't be bad if they get you. Which is crazy too, because there's we've all heard that long stereotypical statement of money is the root of all evil and money can't buy happiness. And as years and time and discussion has gone on around this particularly. I just saw a very interesting statistic that, and it went down by, I think it was Gen X, Millennials, Gen Z, 
And each one of those age demographics, statistically, it was over, I think, between 50 and 60% all set. That money can buy happiness. And this idea of what money and uh, using it as a tool in a right, integrity-based, ethical way can be a massive value add to you selfishly, to the people around you, to your communities, to causes that you care about. So I think more and more people are really starting to be more open to this. But when you've got policy and you've got negligence on when it comes to leadership and many of the things that control and dictate how money flows, how you have Mm. access to money, how you can invest it or not invest it, what you can and can't do with it, right? That creates a more challenging landscape. Hence why I think we're starting to see this even broader wide gap in the poor. Patrick Bet David put a time out, you know, that or a a quote out that, you know, how those and you can tone, you can tee up the Peter Schiff on capitalism, because I think this might be one thing that you agree with Peter Schiff on. And I want to get your thoughts on his soundbite here. But, you know, that statement of hard times, create strong men, create good times, create weak men, create hard times. Yes. He went and retooled it a little bit and said, hard times create capitalists, create good times, create socialists, create hard times. What are your thoughts on that? I think that makes a lot of sense. And I think that's definitely applicable. I think that the younger generation of kids that have not worked and are living off their parents' paycheck, because I was one of them. I remember. I remember thinking a lot differently than where I am now. And that would be very applicable, not to that I was a socialist, but that I definitely thought the world worked in a much different way until I got into the real world. And I I joke, I don't know if he listens to this, but I hired a new advisor last year. You met him. And he's definitely a little more left-leaning. And I joked with him. I said, you know that? And he just had a kid and he's doing... And I love him to death. And he's a good dude. But I joked with him and I said straight to him. I was like, you know what? I got, I have the under on when you'll be uh, leaning more towards the center because you're going to have a kid and you're going to pay taxes the first year. You're going to start making money. And then you're going to feel, you're going to realize that when you start making money and you're not a bad person Mm -hmm. and then you just start getting cupped into this pool that you're a bad person because you make money, you're going to start scratching your head because the people that are saying that are the people you're voting for. And it's going to be a little bit of a conundrum. Am I a bad person because I'm making money? Or am I just working hard and so I'm making money? And that is a lot of where the ball circles around is the rich getting richer, the poor getting poorer. I think it would be a really... What did those people do to get richer? And what happened to the people to get poorer? That would be more interesting to me than seeing that statistic. Because that statistic will never go away. And that gap will continue to be wider. Because poor people don't make the same decisions as wealthy people. And wealthy people have economies of scale to leverage that poor people do not. And the reason that they have those items is because they've either worked hard, they've inherited it because somebody else worked hard, or they had the opportunity to Mm -hmm. deploy that and take a risk. All of it involves some sort of negative, but it's not just you have money and you're bad. So I hope that gets scrubbed out. Let's see what Mr. Shiffy has to say. Yeah, let's see what Mr. Shiffy has to say app is just going to widen or will there be some great reset that gives everybody that opportunity to help reduce the size of government and get back to a normal playing field? Yeah, The wealth gap, I think, is going to continue to widen as a result of the Fed and government policy. Remember, 
The biggest wealth gap is in socialism or communism. You have a few people who work for the government that have all the wealth mm. and everybody else is in abject poverty, right? And yeah, there are a few people that are connected to the government that manage to get some, get something. Capitalism is the great equalizer. That's what, uh, narrows the gap and it creates a lot of wealth. Now you're going to have some very rich people in capitalism, but they earn it <laughs> because in capitalism, you're rewarded in proportion to your contribution. The more you benefit society, the more money you earn because that's what profit is. Profit is the gain that's derived from doing good, right? If you're able to combine the, the resources in the economy that are scarce, right? Everybody, the resources are scarce. So if you're going to use these resources, you need to use them efficiently. And if you can take these resources and create products and, and services that people value more than the resources it took to create them, you get rich because people buy what you have to sell. Do you think the so, wealth gap is just going I, to widen or will... Yeah. I, yeah, I would agree with a lot of that. And the main, the first thing is, mm -hmm. one of the reasons, one of the things that I think we only derive on is why. And I don't, I do not attribute legislative influence to wealth building in the United States. For example, if I think it's 161A, Section 161A went away, that, that depreciation, accelerated depreciation, mm -hmm. people would still figure out a way to invest in real estate and be profitable. That would take the wind out of the sails in one area, but it ultimately would put it somewhere else. So I don't think government influence has that much to do with it. It's one of the systemic risks, meaning you can diversify away from it. It'll find you if it's going to find you. That is something that somebody that sells gold says. Sorry. <laughs> I'm just, I just, when I heard that, I was like, ah, fucking gold. Because he's going to be like, because we wouldn't, government, the gold standard, and we probably, so yeah, okay, for but sure. In general, the point that I think the, he's he, made, it's a good one. Yeah, capitalism, when it, because all it does is it takes the ammo out of the gun. Yeah. And it gives every, it takes your 30 round clip and turns it into a six round revolver that everybody else has. Yeah. You may be a better shot, but everybody has the, sh the shot to take. So that is a, that's a great way to put it. And I think he does a pretty good job of bringing it down to earth on when you have a product or service that you've figured out. And they're rewarded for that. Correct. And that's and, the, that is my point of saying why America, as small and as young as we are, why the hell are we the most profitable, most powerful, most opportunistic country in the world that everybody wants to come to? Well, I think one, it's what our founding fathers created and constitutionally what we have abided by and, mm -hmm. and lived by for the last 400 plus years. And at the same time, it's because of capitalism. Yeah. We incentivize innovation. We reward people coming and creating. We reward value creation. Well, think of... And you get, you're creating a space that is an incubator for that and that encourages that mm -hmm. and that equips people to go out and do that. And the second you chop people off at the knees, that's where things fall flat. That's where economies fall flat. That's where industries fall flat. That's where innovation falls flat. That's where society itself falls flat. I am concerned over certain policy, which I think is influential into perpetuating 
those types of ideologies. And I think there, mm-hmm. yes, systemic risk, risk for sure. But I also think, right, at the end of the day, socialism and communism in a lot of these countries, that's, that's never that's proven from to the work. government, though. Yeah, yeah. And to your point earlier, I think probably the height of of how we were, what you just described was World War One and World War Two when Soviet, German engineers and scientists were fleeing their own countries for the opportunity. Risk was very high for them and their families. Some of them were prisoners of war. But the ones that volunteered and came over, that's how we won the war was because we had the opportunity for those people to do. Uh, Oppenheimer wasn't exactly uh, spot on historically, very dramatized, but good idea of what was done during that time and the ingenuity needed and without the opportunity of growth, really money was what these people were getting in immunity from war crimes. But without, that's a form of capitalism, getting something for putting something in, we wouldn't have won the war. And and here we are today with the society with some of the most millionaires per capita per thousand population. There's a reason for that. It's because everybody has the opportunity to do from the idiot that buys a meme coin and flips it to a million overnight to somebody that comes up with the next artificial intelligence idea for somebody who comes up with the next electric car or flying vehicle, EV tolls are, are the new new right now, I'm being told. There'll be another one of those and tomorrow there'll be another one. And every single day there's more and more of those because in our economy and in, in all the economies that mimic ours, capitalism is the main focus and the main driver for success and wealth long term. And all you have to do is look at the United States to prove that. Yeah, absolutely. Talking about what the future holds and the economic outlook, obviously what the Fed does, what yeah. Powell says as a market mover. Yes, it We've is. got big economists like Ed Yardini, who has generally really good data and predictions. He's saying that the U.S. economy is likely headed for another roaring 20s of rapid growth. Let's take a quick break and hear from today's show sponsor. Our sponsor today is Uplift Desk, creators of the best office furniture designed to help you work better and live healthier. You can visit upliftdesk.com and use the code MINDCAST for 5% off your order. And if you sit all day long while you're at work and you've never tried a desk that can transition between sitting and standing, you got to. It'll be a complete game changer. My standing desk is by Uplift Desk. It's what I use every day to record the show, prepare the show, do all my office work. And I gotta say the transition from sitting all day to standing while I work at various times throughout the day has really made a noticeable difference for me. When I'm standing, I notice I'm way more focused and productive. I'm way more alert. And I even have a little standing treadmill under my desk now, which allows me to get some extra steps in while still plugging away on calls and getting work done. Keeps the blood flowing throughout the day, which obviously can reduce all types of different health risks repetitive strain and I've noticed that my posture has drastically improved since switching to an uplift desk as well because I'm not hunched over the computer all day and while there's a lot of options out there for you to choose from the reason I chose uplift desk is because of the quality it doesn't wobble it's completely stable it's built to last you can definitely tell based on the materials they use and they are customizable too which is really cool 
They let you build your custom dream desk by choosing over a hundred desktop choices and hundreds of accessories that you can build into the desk for your own perfect workspace. And you can do that by using the really fun to use desk configurator. And once you have your desk all designed and picked out, you order it, they ship it the same day, you get free shipping. They do free returns with free return shipping if something goes wrong. And the best part is they have an industry leading 15 year warranty that covers the complete desk, which was a really big deal for me. It shows that they stand behind their product for at least 15 years. So to get yours, go to upliftdesk.com and use the code MINDCAST for 5% off your order. That's U-P-L-I-F-T desk.com to get 5% off your entire order with the promo code MINDCAST. Probably should listen to Ed Yardani because he was one of the few people that was right last year. Also, one of Yardani research, love them. Great. They're they're more bullish leaning, I would say, or opportunists. I think Yardani has a good point. Roaring twenties is big, but I think the catalyst of that would be AI. And I'm sure, without reading any of that, I'm sure that's what he said. And it's because the industrial revolution was the last time when we figured out how to manufacture and the assembly line. And cars and wartime government money being put into production and then all that supply chain being created and then it needed to get filled and repurposing companies that were making stuff for war now for products for domestic purchase that was the last time we had something like that and that's when you saw the that's where you get the stories of coca-cola trading at pennies now trading at hundreds and billions of dollars we have those companies already that exist i don't know what they are Everybody knows some of their names. They just don't know which ones. Yep. But they will be that for their space. They'll be the Coca-Cola of the beverage or the Pepsi of the snacks or the Berkshire Hathaways of the investment world. Somebody, something, some company like that exists. And I, I would say it's artificial intelligence and then semiconductor uh, space. For well, now. I saw that Sam Altman and his group of very intelligent buddies had noted that they think there will be multiple single-person billionaire companies that are AI-driven. Basically saying mm. billion-dollar companies, all AI except one person owns. I thought that was an interesting... I could mm. see it. It's hard for me to wrap my head around it right now. Yeah. But knowing how far down the path that's those very guys interesting. are thinking and going, talking about unicorn-type companies that are literally all AI and just owned by one individual. Yeah. That's a wild thought. Yeah, I, it is. That's that's like trying to wrap my brain around how big the freaking universe is. It's like thinking on its owl. Yeah. Yeah, that is pretty wild. I can see it being true, though, right? If you've got an arm, I mean... I don't see how it can. Look at what people do just with a chat GPT login. That's what I'm saying. So, yeah. I think Elon Musk like said recently to kind of maybe give a little bit of a different context or visual to what that could look like. And I'm not saying we've got physical technology that is tangible, right? Humanoid robots. I, there's IO Rabbit, I think, right now. Which delivery is the, drones. There's all kinds of stuff that could be AI-driven and technology. The and new need one person to set everything up on the back end of a server, infrastructure, whatever it may be. That's the newest one that I've seen is when you literally travel around, it's almost like a cell phone, but it's just you ask it questions. And I'm not kidding you. It just lives in your pocket. I think it is connected to a satellite. A little, a little box thing. Yeah. 
It's yeah. called like IAIO Rabbit or something. And you say, hey, what is it? And it just answers the question for you. It can translate it, in like real Chad time. It's like GPT 100X. Yeah, exactly. But it's literally like a little box that lives like you can take it around and it clips onto your freaking. It's not very technology. small. It's like the size of a baseball. Okay. But it'll get smaller. For sure. But we already have that. So that's one example, right? Elon Musk has said to expect roughly I know I heard one yeah. billion with a B, one billion humanoid robots in the twenty forties. I'm straight up getting Will <laughs> get Smith I know. Will Smith I robot. It for sure. That's insane to think about, right? But those are the kind of opportunities wow. that are out there. Those are the kind of industries that are evolving. I would get the one that does the dishes and the laundry because that's the only thing I get in trouble for. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> now, Mr. Powell came out this week. Obviously, they said what they said in la last FOMC. Yeah. But he went on 60 Minutes this last weekend. Yeah, dude. He must have had some freaking Jack and Coke before he went <laughs> home. He was loose as a So goose. what did he say? And is there he... any insights in the tea leaves that he was dropping on that interview? He said a lot of things, but I think the main thing that he said, he definitely didn't say that I'm going to be right. Let's just get that out. I'm not saying that, yeah. but he did put a little bit of... He said what I've reiterated in his December 22 note, I believe, where we do not have to get to... Oh, no. On prior notes he put out, we do not have to get down to 2%. Uh, CPI to start cutting. He just said it in a very fancy Jerome Powell way. I took that as there's the CPI and PCE reports that come out in February are going to be highly impactful for the decision made in the March. Right now, it would the data would say that we are going to have a pause in March, which would be which would then essentially mean it's almost inevitable for a cut in May. But I don't know if they skip March and they're wrong. They'll have to cut heavy. More aggressive. Mm -hmm. but and I, I don't know which was a bigger risk. That's a, that's a good, I think, point of discussion to debate, right? Because nobody's talking about that. No, because it's been cut. Right now, it's, a it's about a 20% chance of a 50 basis point cut in May. If they skip in March... That's it's going jump. to jump. suck that up to probably well over 30%. Yeah. And the thing you have to ask is why, almost like what happened when they started cutting interest rates, why did you only start cutting at a quarter if we went to a half and then three quarters? That means that they didn't cut fast enough, even though they cut, or excuse me, hiked fast enough because it was hiked up really quick. We would have avoided that if they were just would have done a bigger rate hike out of the gate. Are they going to fall victim to the same mistake, but on the cut side? He said on Sunday night that the central bank will proceed carefully with interest rate cuts this year and likely will move at a considerably slower pace than the market expects. I don't know, man. My only comment on... Which uh, I found that interesting. Because inflation is transitory. That's what I say. Okay. I've, heard that. I've heard that before. Fair enough. <laughs> that's, this is what I'm saying. The old saying goes, fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. I've already heard this motherfucker tell me something that was completely not true. And it sounded just as flowery as that. Papa Pound, Still man. love you, Jay. I think that this is a bet that could potentially pay off. 
because it's not fading the Fed. It's trusting the market. And the mark, the what mark, does that mean? Tell that. The market's pricing it in and the market's pretty forward looking and the market has a very consistent... Now, the bond market's not. Now, I'll give you that. And the bond market's typically more accurate than the stock market. But the stock market has been right when the bond market has been wrong. 2023, welcome. 2022, welcome. Different. So who knows moving forward? My point is there's still definitely a there's a better chance than is currently put out there for rate cuts to still happen in March. It's definitely less likely now, given where the market's at and where it was when we were talking about that, because we've gone up a crap load. The market's strong. Unemployment's ticking up at a very moderate and modest pace where it needs to be. Job openings are, are moderate, hotter than we need it to be, but there's job opportunities. People are spending. People are buying houses. Home builders are getting houses built. These are the things that are part of a bull, a bull market. And I don't see overspending and I don't see people not servicing their debt that don't, that are not part of the people who already normally don't service their debt. Mm-hmm. I'm not talking about delinquencies you're, on you're the ta- sub 620s. Real <laughs> outliers. Correct. I'm talking about where the data sets normally sit, the mean. So when you see headlines like this, delinquency rates on credit cards and op loans spike to their highest since the Great Recession. No crap. You're telling me you gave poor people free money and they bought cars? Whoa, that's never happened before. And I guarantee you, if you look where the delinquency is, it's sub 600 credit scores. Probably spikes in the sub 550s. Be interesting to take a look at that. More than a fifth of Americans are without any savings, with another fifth saying that they have less than $1,000 in their bank. That is a loaded statistic because the money is in... That's not accounted for. Nearly 60% of parents said they were providing financial support to their adult kids aged 18 to 30. Yeah. Pop the titty out the mouth. What are you (laughs) parents doing? I where is sorry that was a little excuse me to my take me back to my newborn phase. I'm thinking of a major pain (laughs) that movie. But seriously, parents, stop paying for your damn kids when they're 25. They're oh, I think part the parents are are half the the problem. problem. Absolutely, who's giving their kids money at 20 years old? My dad didn't give me any money. Mm, I wish I did. The irony of Friday's huge meta beat and the strong jobs report. I don't think there was an irony. This is what somebody is saying, is that earnings growth was largely driven by layoffs with headcount down 2% over last year. And 19,000 workers who lost high-paying jobs, full-time jobs likely landed two or more low-paying jobs, part-time search jobs each. So is that data truly accurately reflecting, even though it's showing strong, is the underlying pain and the underlying issues still there and festering and mounting, even though the data is showing that it may not be as bad as what it ultimately could potentially be for most Americans. Welcome to Gap Accounting. Yeah, obvious. To me, it's obvious that that was a... It's almost like when you clean your room and you throw all your clothes under your bed. That's like what it is. And then ma- and then making your bed, aka announcing that you're going to pay a dividend now, and if you do the math, the amount of money they saved on payroll is exactly what their dividend pretty much comes out to. To me, yeah, very smart business move. Made their stock jump by 20% in a day. Well, I was gonna, insane. You stole my thunder. So I was going to say, we've got one company in stock that is up big and we got one that is down big. Two social media giants, Meta, 
History has been made. They announced a dividend of 50 cents a quarter for each share held of stock. And this is the first time in the history of Facebook that they have ever offered a dividend. Is that a big deal? Oh, yeah, absolutely. So it's the same amount of... Like you said, the stock jumped, what, 15, 16%? Right off of that news? 20. 20. Wow. Yeah, yeah, 20%. That was pretty nuts. It was as, It's as important as when Apple announced their dividend. And Apple's kept that dividend and they've had a growth to that dividend. And I would assume Facebook is going to now be in that category. What it does is it opens it up, opens them up for retirees that are looking for Smart. some income, but also a little more octane in their portfolio because that is it. That's a huge reason that Berkshire holds Apple is because they're. And you are a big fan of stocks that pay out dividends. I am a fan of any company that passes through profit to shareholders, if it makes sense. There's sometimes where they retain those profits to grow the company, but then needs to pass through in the stock price. So one way or the other, you should be getting profit. Dividends are nice though, because actual money that is realized versus an unrealized profit. The loser of the week, Snapchat is down big right now. Yeah, but they have earnings after bell today. So I, don't, I wouldn't be surprised if it's... Evan Spiegel is like the C-class entrepreneur, tech entrepreneur. Nobody talks about him really, mm-hmm. but he's a billionaire. I don't know what I think about Snapchat. I think what a lot of people have the same thing that I do. A lot of people use it to do offset of porn or something or kids. Yeah, or, there's, not like, there's not like a lot of... It's vertical is odd to me. I don't know how advertisers make money. I really think their target audience is very wide and dependent on what's going on or what they're involved in. Are you interested in boosting your income by an extra $50,000 this year? If so, you're going to love what I've got in store for you. I am beyond excited to officially announce an incredible opportunity to join me in my exclusive mastermind, which will include myself and 25 other hand-selected investors who are actively pursuing commercial real estate in 2024 and want to be held accountable to making sure they buy their first or their next commercial real estate investment property that will net them a minimum of $50,000 a year. This mastermind group will not only teach you how to do that, how to find, how to analyze, how to structure and buy these types of commercial real estate investment properties, but you'll also have an opportunity to be a part of an intimate group of high achievers that are going to take your network and your resources to a whole nother level. But here's the catch. Like I mentioned before, this is exclusive. We're only selecting 25 ambitious individuals for our founding members group who are serious and ready to take that next step in their commercial real estate investing journey. So if you are ready to increase your passive income by at least $50,000 in the next year with commercial real estate investing, then this is your moment. These spaces are gonna fill up fast And trust me, this is the one and only time to be a founding member, which comes with some pretty special benefits. So head over to myfirst50k.com and submit your application now. Again, that's myfirst50k.com. You can head over there, check out the program, see everything that it entails, submit your application to join, and I can't wait to connect with you soon. This is today. Yeah, it's up. Right? Oh, crap. I thought you drew that line. My bad. <laughs> oh, that bad boy just dropped off a cliff. Yeah, but this is, but that's, they're earning. Okay, click the E though. What is their earnings? Yeah, click below E. That. See, surprise beat by 12%. Hmm. So, oh, but their revenue was, they. so look, 
they beat on their revenue was a beat. Earnings were a beat by over 12%, but their revenue was a miss by one. I think that the street's probably going to see that 12% is pretty good. Is it see, is it trading after hours? It's trading up 4%. See? So, no, it's not. I can't tell. No, it's not. It's looking like an ugly stepchild, but it's, we'll see. <laughs> so, is there an opportunity there? Potentially. I don't know. The earnings call is going to really be, I don't know what's, and that's happening after hours today. Yeah. I will tell you right now, I don't even think we own any Snapchat. That is not a company that we track. That is just not one. I don't... Why? I, for what I just said, I have no idea their value proposition. Yeah. I don't know. I don't even use it really. When I get snaps half the time, it's from Team Snapchat to tell me something. I literally don't use it. And I feel like the people that use it are OnlyFans. I would say it's Girls. become like the dark web. Nothing wrong Not that if that's what you web, do to make just money. Saying I'm just saying that's who I see. It's so like advertisers are going, there's going to be very specific advertisers for that and there's going to be a specific audience. But if that's the people that are using it and then it's geared towards maybe younger kids, it doesn't really line up. So I don't, I'm not a huge fan of Snapchat. Some quick insights and curious on your thoughts around the banking industry. Yeah, New York community. Woo! Talk about that a little bit. And JP Morgan just released some pretty big, aggressive news today. And your thoughts on that. But overall, banking, health, the industry as a whole, anything to pay attention to there? Everything's fine. All Burger, nothing burgers, nah, yeah. according just to Just like, like last year, it didn't pan out into anything. There's going to be a couple of regionals every year that fail. Probably get a couple more into this year and next year. When you talked about some of last year, some of the larger banks, world banks that are most likely going to consolidate those smaller banks and business into their own. JP Morgan Chase just said today that it was embarking on one of its most aggressive bank branch expansions in recent years with plans to add more five new US locations by 2027, broaden its footprint in areas where it's underrepresented. I thought that was interesting when you hear big companies like Bank of America saying they're shutting down a bunch of their branches. They're playing a little bit more defense or maybe on their heels a little bit. And then you, you bank see, a chase. Yeah. I, I like that. going into the branch. I like not, chase. Yeah, I like them too. I like that I can go into a locked thing 24 hours a day and get money out of the ATM. I like that I have a private client banker in the bank when I want to walk in. I like that they don't push back too hard if I want to get more money out than my daily limit if I don't consistently do it more times than eh. they just are normal to me and they're big. And Overall, I just think that exciting there. No, they're not, and they're not a deposit bank. They're not going to pay you very much on your cash. They're an investment bank, but that's why I like them. They're about business. I think that opening those branches is probably going to. It's a good form of advertising, and I think a lot of those branches are going to be California because they just bought. First Republic. Nancy Pelosi trade tracker. A lot of people yeah. are saying, man, why are we trying to reinvent the wheel and speculate when we could just follow Nancy Pelosi's trades, which historically have performed quite well. She's, she's, she's made good. over as of today. Yeah. So Nancy Pelosi's profit yet again has hit a new all-time high at 83.45%. She's made over $3 million. In Girl. 2024 alone. That's a, and that's, that's in gains. Yeah, that's just gaining. 
So it's not in divvies. That's not in divvies. But that being said, why if one of the reasons why I love unusual whales is because they go and track all of these congressmen and senators and they ultimately, for the most part, historically averaging out their portfolios and the investments they make, the trail behind them shows a pretty successful resume of picking stocks. Why should people do that? I don't think that people should not pick stocks. No, I'm just saying because there's been a lot of Reddit threads and things like that of people are going, oh, like, why don't people just emulate that? Just go follow Nancy Pelosi. Mine is buying calls. We buy, I buy a lot of the same stuff. We have NVIDIA. We just don't have the calls on it. And the main reason is we're not a broker. And so we don't want to charge fees on that kind of stuff. And then we don't want to manage the call spread and and calls on margins. We don't want that kind of stuff. Too much work. So we just do, we just buy the individual companies. That's how we we go about that in the same way. You just are going to get way bigger of a profit from uh, leveraging into an asset, especially a stock, than you are actual money there. It's a way to borrow somebody else's stock at a price that you think is good and then essentially profit on the spread. It's very close to wholesaling. Wholetailing, excuse me. So that to me, I think everybody should. I think everybody should set up an investment account. I think that She's at the point where she's gotten millions and millions of dollars so she can afford to make huge bets. And you can do that when you have those levels of money. But until that point, just buy the individual stocks and own the companies. Yeah. And you'll get a very similar high rate of return, very high market participation. And don't ignore the media, ignore anybody poo-pooing on your plan and stick to your plan and you should be successful, highly successful. Yeah. And if you guys want to, if you don't have a plan or you want to get a second opinion on your plan, that's where Ryan and his amazing team come in. They do free financial and portfolio x-ray and reviews for you guys, all our Million of Mindcast listeners. So if you want to connect with him and his team, text the word x-ray to 844-447-1555. That's easiest and fastest way you guys can get connected with Ryan. Shifting over to the commercial real estate market. Yes. U.S. Secretary, Treasury Secretary Yellen is being a little bit more vocal about it, stating that she's got concerns about commercial real estate. The refinancing of real estate loans amid high vacancies will put a lot of stress on property owners and banks. Barry Sternlich, and I think Tone is teen this clip up. He is obviously a very large player and has great insight into data. Yeah, yep. And this will just share a little bit more about it. And before you play this, the purpose of this is to just show that at the top levels, which we're talking about, the distress and the turbulence, it's already there. It just hasn't trickled all the way down into Main Street yet, but it's already there. Big properties going up for auction. Big properties getting handed back to banks, looking at different opportunities of offloading these assets and debt off of their books. So it's already happening. It's already creating some ripple effects. And this should give you a little bit more insight into how large institutional smart money investors are seeing this current crisis and navigating. I want so to talk to you a little bit about the jobs in terms of office spaces. We've been, I've heard you talk about the balance sheet issue, and we know there's a close to a trillion dollars of office space coming due. You've said a nice little recession is going to bring people back to, the, to these office Happened spaces. Happened today. Exactly. IBM said you have to go back to work. But this is a uniquely U.S. problem, you say. We would have a problem in real estate, in every sector of real estate, not just office, because of the 500 basis point increase in rates that was vertical. 
the fact that one asset class never recovered, hmm. people never went back to work in the United States. In the office market, it has an existential crisis right now. And so there's, it's a $3 trillion asset class that's probably worth $1.8 trillion. There's $1.2 trillion of losses spread somewhere, and nobody knows exactly where it all is. And the Signature Bank was sold, and we bid on it. There were buildings in New York that were $100 million. The guy bought it for two hundred. dollars the loan was 100 we thought it was worth $30 million. There's a building for sale right now in San Francisco. It was bought for eight fifty dollars a foot. The loan was four fifty dollars a foot. They'll sell it for two fifty dollars a foot. That's $0.25 cents on the dollar. That would mean we lost three-quarters of the total asset class. Now, this asset class is not just owned by rich people. It's owned by pension plans and other people, small investors. We're not just talking about towers. We're talking about the buildings that surround towns and municipalities. But what happens with there is a bright spot. The, the office situation is a completely U.S. phenomenon. I just was in Munich last week, and rents in Munich are up 15%. The vacancy rate in Munich is 2% for Class A. In Seoul, Korea, it's 1%. In Tokyo, it's 4%. They, everyone's back to work except for Americans. We've gone off the deep end. We don't show up for work. We don't apply for jobs. And we don't feel like we have to go back to the office. I don't, don't get me started. Go ahead. Throw your two cents in before we wrap uh, up today's show. I don't. I think that is the exact problem we were just talking about earlier. The people wanting it all, but wanting no. The, the underbelly of American culture has shifted in such a way that we're really having a hard time retracing back to what was. And this is just a perfect example of American culture. And so much of our economy was driven off of people working in office spaces, big companies building and growing, making an impact in their local, regional, state, and of course, nationwide impacts. And when you completely change the culture of how that is done, of course, there's going to be some resorting of asset classes, of businesses that and how they're run and the profitability of them and all kinds of things. So I, I still think we're in the eye of the storm and sure, we were super yeah. slow to just take a stance. And now we were walk, you know, walking on eggshells with so many people and worried about, you know, this and that. And now we really got a, a problem. And so it's going to be really interesting to see how this all rolls out. But again, this is just major opportunity for investors that are seeing these kind of things and going, there's a problem here. And the beauty is there's many creative solutions to solving those problems as well. And that's going to make a lot of people wealthy in this next market cycle, which is why we created the Wise Investor Collective for people yep. that are looking to get out there and get active in commercial real estate investing. So if you want more information on that, the mastermind, you can check out wiseinvestorcollective.com. To wrap it up on a big win for any commercial real estate investor, bonus depreciation, the bill that rolls back 100% depreciation retroactive to the beginning of 2023 has passed the house. And likely it is going to get across and get signed at the president's desk. So I think that is going to be a massive win. So if you bought assets that this could apply to in 2023, I would, and again, talk with your tax advisor, CPA, but I'd consider maybe holding off on filing 23 return until this is passed and into effect. Worst case scenario, you have to amend your return. But that being said, this is a massive win for commercial real estate investors. Overall, lots covered in today's show. We appreciate you guys tuning in. If you enjoyed the episode, all we ask is share this with a friend, a family member, anybody who wants to elevate their financial acumen and grow and build their wealth, as well as 
just leave a review. 60 seconds, leave us a review. It means the world. This is how we continue to grow the show. And that is the free price of admission. If you want to connect with Ryan and his amazing team, X-Ray to 844-447-1555. For my credit investors that aren't on my deals list, uh, we just put out the second green coffee company offering this last week. Mm -hmm. Um, That's going to get wrapped up here very quickly. Uh, This is an exciting opportunity. Again, my disclaimer is this is not an investment offering that I am justifying or validating is something you need to go into. But if you want to look at this opportunity, being that it's a private offering directly with their company, text the word deals 844-447-1555. That'll get you on that list. And of course, don't forget to check out millionermindcast.com. That being said, keep investing in yourself and your wealth on your March to and beyond. We appreciate you guys tuning in. See you guys in next week's episode. Cheers, y'all. Well, that wraps up this week's episode of Money Moves. Be sure to tune in next week for more news and updates. And if you got some value from today's show, all we ask is that you take two minutes and leave a review in iTunes, where by doing so, you're going to get entered into win a $100 gift card. Also, don't forget to take advantage of Ryan's free financial x-ray on your investment portfolio. And to do so, all you have to do is text the word x-ray to 844-447-1555. What we have found by offering this out is most people have no idea what they're being charged from a fee perspective, or really in most cases, overcharged, and whether or not their current investment and financial plan is actually aligned with what they're trying to accomplish. And this is something that Ryan and his amazing team do for all of our listeners for free. So be sure to take them up on that. Again, that's X-Ray, one word, 844-447-1555. Also, if you're an accredited investor and you're not on my deals list, be sure to text the word DEALS to 844-447-1555 to be notified of the private investment offerings my team and I put out. And last Don't forget to check out all the amazing products and resources that we offer to our Millionaire Mindcast family at MillionaireMindcast.com. Whether that's one-on-one coaching with me, mastermind events, calculators, the Rich Life Planner for those looking to take their goal setting and productivity to the next level, we've got all kinds of great and valuable tools available at MillionaireMindcast.com. With that being said, that's all for this week. Until next week's episode, keep investing in yourself and your wealth on your march to a million and beyond. Cheers, my friends.